You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 13, brought to you by Tom's Faded Cuts. Why go to mom when you've got Tom? The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. If anyone is, is suffering from stress while listening to us, set up a call with us. You can talk through the entire next episode with us. All dogs should wear pants, no matter what. That's for sure. Because it's hilarious. Derek and Steve present... Say it again. Uh, I said, just said it twice. Say it oh, again. Maybe the audio will skip again. Say it loud. Um, and you thought whistling was just, just this hobby. You were just an average guy whistling on the street. And he's still on the TV, by the way. Yeah. We're, we're, Four hours we're, later. Bachelor was on at 8 tonight. And it's, this it had, dude is still This dude has been grilled. on the TV up until 11 p.m. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 13. I'm Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, how is life going? I'm how to, is I'm life going? I'm trying to change going? up my questions for you is every this, week now. This is the new thing where you ask me a different question? Different questions every um, week. Life is going swell. Um, lucky number 13. Um, good number. I'm surprised we made it double digits, and now we're, we're three into yeah, double we're, digits, we're, so yeah. we're cruising. Um, got a great episode for you. Unbelievable guest. Yeah. Surprising Very guest. Very popular guest for, for a lot of you. This is a real guest. This is not a semi-fake, semi-real yeah. guest. This is a legit This is a real guest. guest. This yes. is the new leader on our guest leaderboard. Yes. Um, barely edging out Kenny uh, for making a murderer. Oh, jeez. Barely edges him out. Number one and, power uh, ranking is, is this guest. <laughs> is our guest today. So we'll get to that. That'll be in the first quarter, so you don't have to wait very long for that. Uh, that's on the Rich Homie Frog hotline. Uh, also, as you heard in the intro, this episode is sponsored by Tom's Faded Cuts. Uh, why go to mom when you've got Tom? So there and, you go. And you go to Tom. And, and I go to Tom, which is what my final drive is about. So yeah. I will uh, hold off on that until the final drive. But I go to Tom, and I can give a good review for Tom's Faded Cuts. Your haircut looks good right now. It does. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that's it for the sponsorship. And now the opening kickoff, which is our quick topic at the beginning. Super quick. Lent. Lent. So we Correct. had about... Maybe four or five episodes ago, we had beer and ice cream, which was the name of that episode, and that's what we gave up for Lent. So I wanted to check in now with three weeks remaining in Lent to see how it's going for you, because I know how it's going for me. So how is the sacrifice of beer and ice cream? Ice cream was less for you, and it's turned out to be less for me. It's less challenging. The beer is the tough one. I want to know how you're handling it. Well, Derek, thanks for asking. Um, So, terribly, terribly (laughs) hard. (laughs) Not drinking beer is harder than I thought. Much harder. Um, and it, not for lack of not drinking. We, we, I had a wedding this weekend where I had where we were, we were drinking. We went on a ski trip a few weekend or the weekend before that, and there was drinking involved there. So it's it's not that there's that you can't drink. It's that sometimes you need a beer. Yes. Because even at this wedding, it, my options were wine. Or pina colada. That is that's frozen not, pina colada. Not a lot of options. Not a lot of options and. Very hangover-inducing options. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of sugar. Lots of sugar in every drink that's not beer. Yes. So, it it's. I thought it was going to be more of a loophole. Like I'll give up beer, but I'll actually just be able to drink anyway. But it's way harder than I it's thought. Tough. Which is the point. It is the point. Yeah, it give, is the point. Give me your. Uh, yeah. So so similar to you, I was on the ski trip with you two weeks ago with the with the beer that was there, and it's a lot easier to drink the beer than having to go out of your way. So it's definitely we're noticing it in that regard. Uh, definitely being tested. I was on another ski trip this weekend uh, with my coworkers, and uh, great trip, great weekend. Right after going skiing, the next event that we decided to do was a brewery tour, which is perfect for me because I perfect. wasn't drinking any beer. Um, so that was a tease for sure because it, it was some good beer. It was at the Woodstock uh, Brewery in uh, New Hampshire, right near Vermont, uh, right near um, Loon. And uh, and it was you know looked like some good beer, pretty generous sample sizes with the tastings, and I couldn't have any of it. So we turned it into a game, fortunately, where uh, the first person in our group to finish their sample got to take my sample. So every round of samplers, there was five rounds. It was a race to see who could get mine. Uh, so that <laughs> and then to the people that were in the brewery tour, they probably thought that I was an alcoholic because every time they looked over, my glass was empty. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, it was it was difficult, and and now we're learning that it is uh, much tougher than we thought to give up beer. But I'm glad it's tougher. It's it's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be a sacrifice, and three weeks left, and then we can drink all the beer we want on Easter. So 
so much beer on there Easter. There you go, lots of beer on Easter. We're <laughs> we're thinking. Uh, I'm gonna call it Beerster. Maybe maybe the Beerster, or 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 we can do the episode at the day after Easter. We can call it ice cream and beer instead of beer and ice cream, and we can just have a ton of ice cream and beer and be during drunk the episode during the episode drunk and high on just, sugar. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we can think about that. So that's the opening kickoff. Uh, three more weeks of Lent, and uh, then we can go back to drinking beer responsibly. So, any final thoughts on Lent? Lent's the bomb. Lent is the bomb. Lent is number one. <laughs> Definitely number one. Okay, so moving into the first quarter now. As I mentioned, we have a very good interview here. Uh, we are interviewing Kevin Pierre-Lewis of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, very well-known Boston College alum. A lot of you listening uh, know Kevin, but those of you who don't uh, know him, you obviously could be an NFL fan or a BC alum that doesn't know him, and it's a very interesting interview. So uh, we're going to get to that, and this is sponsored by Rich Homie Frog on the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. So here's our interview with KPL. It's time for the Rich Homie Frog Hotline. All right, and now joining us over the phone, we have Kevin Pierre-Lewis, linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks and, of course, a very well-known Boston College alumni. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's always great to uh, talk to some fellow Eagles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we'll get started right there with the Eagles. Um, so obviously, for those of you listening who don't know, Kevin was drafted uh, in 2014 to the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, you've been in the NFL now for two years. So let's start on a little bit of a nostalgic note. Um, what do you miss the most about Boston College here at the Heights? I mean, the things that I miss the most, honestly, has nothing to do with football. You know, just going to class, you know, being with your peers, as, as corny as it sounds. Um, just, you know, Boston College has that community feel. And, you know, it's, it's not something that I realized while I was there that I was going to miss while I was gone. You know, just being able to see everyone day and going to lower, yeah. uh, you know, at the dining hall or, you know, just, um, I mean, when I was there, well, I guess when we were there, we had, uh, you know, College Road and uh, what was it, the, the Dust Bowl walking through yeah, that? Yeah, the Dust Bowl. Yeah, like it's things like that, you know. You, you look back and when you talk to people who graduated, those are the things that we talk about. And it's, it's, it's moments like those that, you know, I just would never be able to leave my head. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad that was your answer, KPL. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it was awesome. Um, speaking of BC and, and our times there, you um, played with a few BC teammates that are also having some success in the NFL. Um, Luke Keekley, Kasim Etabali on the Saints. Um, do you keep in touch with them or, or follow their success uh, as fellow Eagles in the NFL? Yeah, no, definitely keep in touch. Um, Luke, talk, talk to Luke every once in a while. So we, we've actually played each other three times since. Uh, I've personally been in the league, right, so right. we always chat before and after games. Kasim uh, Bali was my roommate for two years, also I pretty much my best friend from school. Nice. So I mean, we we talk on a on a frequent basis. He actually needs to send me his uh, his game jersey um, pretty <laughs> soon, or I'm gonna be a little annoyed about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I try to talk to you know all those guys. Um, just you know, we have um, Amy Galax is with the Titans right now. Uh, one of my good friends the Titans too so we always we always connect on that level um, nice. you know you got Costanzo right, Costanzo right. I think he's still with the um, yeah. the, the Colts, Colts I think, yeah. yeah you know yeah you got Gosner I actually bumped into uh, he was a linebacker number 40 before Luke Jolan Dunbar oh okay. yeah yeah yes yes <laughs> I'm, I'm in an NBA program that the NFL has provided us and nice. he's in the program as well so I got to like bump into him chop it up a little bit you know we were sprinkled all throughout the league and it's always great when we get to bump into each other and try to you know talk about the the good old the good old Boston College days yeah yeah absolutely and, and it seems yeah. like you always hear uh commentators and stuff on these broadcasts mentioning the guys who went to BC so it's a good little uh extra piece of publicity there for sure oh yeah no definitely um, so, so you mentioned Kasim Etabali, actually. So he's kind of a good example. Uh, Kasim was undrafted and got uh, worked his way up to make it onto the Saints. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about your process, kind of coming out of college, uh, going to the NFL. I remember actually following up on that NFL draft class a little bit, uh, and a lot of people speculated that you might be a little undersized to be an NFL linebacker. And some people 
thought that NFL teams might look to actually convert you to a safety. Is that a thing that you ever kind of thought about or did it ever cross your mind or were you just more focused on working as hard as you could to kind of make it and impress these teams? Honestly, I was just working on, you know, as being, being as hard as a worker as I am and seeing whatever I can do um, to help out whatever organization I was going to be a part of at the time, which I didn't know. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, you, you, you never know what where they're, where they're going to put you. You know, there's guys who have come into the league as safeties and they got moved to linebacker and goes it goes either way yeah honestly as long as i was going to make make a team and go anywhere i was i was going to do whatever they said that i was going to do but uh i know i have the attribute to to play a different position i'm fast i can move um so it was never a worry of mine it's just you know where where they're going to put me type of thing so i mean linebacker now you never know what's going to happen but i mean guys change positions all the time. The league, they always harp on, you know, the more you can do. And that's pretty much saying, you know, you you prove your worth if you can do more for the team, right. special teams, play yeah. this, that, that position. So if you can show that you can play more than one thing, you're, you're just more valuable. Nice. And obviously you worked your butt off to get to the NFL, so I do want to ask you, what was the feeling like getting drafted, getting that call? Was it was it Pete Carroll who called you, or, or how did you get no, notified? It was our our um, our general manager, and I'm pretty much just I remember looking down and I'm seeing a four two five number, and pretty much thought it was a joke. To be yeah. honest. I'm like, I'm like, what what in the world is going on here? And then I almost like looked down, and was like I'm not thinking this, like someone's playing with me right now. Yeah. And then I was like, nah, I got to. So I picked up the phone and and he pretty much said, hey, you know, would you like to become a Seahawk? And I tell him like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we went through that whole process. You know, I'm talking to everyone, all the personnel, all the coaches, all the way down. And then what well, a crazy part of that situation was at the end of that whole conversation, which takes about 30 minutes, they go, okay, well, you're going to talk to this person. They're going to get your information. You're on the first flight tomorrow morning. Wow. So, like that. Put my life into two two suitcases. I went to a place I'd never even been before in my life. Wow. So you had to go to the West Coast? Yeah. Dang. Um, so speaking of that call, you know, I know you said it was the general manager, but um, I have to ask also, what's it like to play for Pete Carroll? How's he as a coach? He, he's the man. I mean, he's, he's just about, as my short time being with him, I realized why he's had so much success. Right. Uh, just, you know, he's, he's in a sense a player's coach, but he's, he's going to keep it real with you. He's very honest. Um, he, he just, he creates an environment where you have no excuse. So like he gives us everything we could possibly ask for. So once you step onto that field, it's like, you know, you're, you're getting everything that you need. Like, now it's time for you to produce. Right, right. You know, he, he gives us the breaks when we need breaks. He doesn't, He's not going to grind us and, and work our bodies too much when he doesn't feel as though the need to. You know, he's going to taper off when other teams are, you know, going even longer for practice or hitting even longer. You know, he, he knows his guys. That's, that's the reason why he's drafted the way he has drafted because he's not going to get a guy just because they're the best on the board. He's going to get the guy that – he feels as though he feels as though going to complement his program the way he does things well. Cool. And so that's why he's able to do the things that he he's able to do. Right. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and that must have been a huge honor for you as well, because Pete Carroll is also a guy that has been highly regarded for building that defense in Seattle. So it must have been a real honor for you to get that call from them, knowing that you're a guy that he values in that defense that was so good in the previous season. Yeah. No. It's it's great. And I, like you said, like speaking of defenses. Being having a chance to play for arguably, you know, it's been one of the best defenses in the league the last couple of years. It's, it's been amazing. I get to learn so much, learn from guys like Shern, you know, Bobby Wagner, uh, Cam Chancellor, who's a monster. Yeah. You know, guys, just, you know, these, these guys are true professionals. Earl Thomas and seeing the way these guys work. And that's one thing that people, I don't think people know is, you know, they're good, but just, the way that they work is I wish people could actually see that, and that's the reason why they yeah. do the things that they do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those guys, we, we had a debate within our house, um, and this question was not on the list, but um, is Cam Chancellor actually a robot? <laughs> He's not. However, uh, 
quick story. He <laughs> might as well be. Yes. <laughs> uh, last last off season, you know, I, I was going up to him. Like these guys, you know, they'll they'll if you as long as you ask them, they'll show you anything. I pretty much um, I was like, hey, you know, like show me like pretty much how to hit. I want to be able to hit like he does. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, we we step off to the side. Um, this, this is before we have pads and all this other stuff. So we're just working with um, like the shields. Yeah. So he's showing me like different things he does with his shoulder, and he's he's explaining you know like you when you throw your shoulder you hit someone it's like throwing a punch, and imagine like those little Bruce Lee drills where <laughs> Bruce Lee's fist is probably about like six inches to six inch punch away from the pad. I'm yeah. holding the pad, and he throws his arm like throws a punch at the pad. I felt as though his fist went through my body. <laughs> my my face, my face is like, okay, yeah, I got you, I got you. But deep down inside, I wanted to get on one knee. Like, oh my god! That's I'm awful. like, man, this dude is strong. And I remember uh, I told uh, Jimmy that story, and he was like, oh yeah, I know. Like, imagine getting hit by him. Oh. Like, ah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Wow. So 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 arguably, still might be a robot. Maybe we need a little more investigation on that one. Yeah, it might, might need to. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, KPL, last question for you. Um, going back to BC to end it out here. So, uh, recently, in the last couple of weeks, BC announced uh, that they're going to be building $200 million worth of new athletic facilities. So, uh, coming from you, who obviously went through your college career there and, and spent your time at the facilities there, uh, what does that mean to you? Do you think that's going to help with recruiting? You know, what kind of an impact do you see this new addition having for BC Sports? When, when I. I, I figured, I think it was like an email or, or wherever I saw it. You know, it just, it made me so happy. I think it's going to do wonders for BC, you know, just with recruiting and and just everything. You know, it's 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 great because it's going to be able to keep players in-house. Yeah, right, so I, right. I was a guy, I'm, I'm, I'm personally from New England, being from Connecticut, and I've played with and against a lot of guys in high school who should be able to stay, you know, in the area. It, it creates, it, it gets back to that community still. It, it keeps everyone close by, and we have a lot of talent in the, you know, in the New England area and in neighboring states just outside of New England. And it's great to just be able to keep all those guys yeah. in-house. And a place like that would, would help a lot keeping guys because, you know, there's, there's not too much um, as an undergraduate, undergraduate that's going to attract you to Boston College um, besides great academics. Fortunately, right. I was a kid that, you know, I always thought about life out of football, so academics is something that attracted me. Yeah. But, you know, to be honest, like other kids need something else, not just that. They need what else they're going to be there, you know, something that's just more positive. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully you're right, and hopefully it helps BC out a lot yeah. in these next couple of years. Get some athletes on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, KPL, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely have to check in with you again. And, and good luck in this offseason preparing to uh, hopefully continue to grow and keep building upon your career here in Seattle. All right. Thank you. There it is. KPL with a uh, good sharing of information about his experiences ever since you know going to BC and then heading to the NFL after that. I was very happy with his answers, especially the ones regarding BC. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Absolutely. I loved it. Absolutely. Best and part, not even talking about football, yes, just Boston College. For sure. The fact that the football wasn't what he wanted to talk about about BC was actually great. Yeah. Um, because, you know, anybody, and we kind of talked about this before we had Kevin uh, KPL on there, was, you know, this is a professional football player we're, we're interviewing here, and we're just kind of going to be asking him these normal questions yeah. about football. Like we, and, we, honestly, we could have asked the third-string linebacker <laughs> <laughs> the same questions. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's KPL. He, I mean, he was a great interview. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Sure. Um, and gave us some cool things off the record. That, yeah. Um, we won't we won't reveal here on the podcast, but yeah, definitely. we can tell our close friends. Yeah, of course, and uh, and he also you know hopefully can help us get some other uh, BC alumni guests because you know he as he mentioned right in the beginning there it's always good to uh, connect with some Eagles and be able to share some information. Come so. on, Kevin. <laughs> so we'll hopefully be looking forward to that. But uh, thanks again to KPL and thanks again for Rich Homie Frog for sponsoring uh, that call, and uh, we look forward to the next time we have KPL on. So. 
with that, we'll move to the second quarter, which is sports. Normally, sports are in the first quarter, uh, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about with sports, and we're going to try to get through it quickly. Well, I agree. We got to blow through it. We'll, we'll blow right through it um, and touch on all these topics, but let's not drag on like we do often. So I'll try to make you not drag on. I w- should... I know I will not drag on on the first topic you because always I have, drag on. I have no desire to talk about the first topic, which all is right, I'll talk about it. The entire country falling in love with Peyton Manning, falling uh, because in love. he's because he's retiring. Uh, so I will let you start this off, and I will only jump in when uh, you are out of line with your love affair. So Okay, so proceed. Peyton Manning, best quarterback in the league, False. unfortunately has chosen to retire. Um, he can no longer function as a quarterback, much less a human being. He True. Can, he can barely walk and turn <laughs> his head. Um, still has a great mind up there. He does. Uh, he does best it. mind in he football does. to ever play the game, best player to ever play the game. Um, so Peyton is the man. We all love Peyton. Um, five NFL MVPs, two more than the next uh, MVP winners with three. Um, I got some fun facts about Peyton Manning. I'll read them, and then we can skip your facts. <laughs> so um, just fun facts. Uh, Peyton, obviously, they're giving a ton of attention. Um, I'll just throw these out there, and then we can move on. Five NFL MVPs. Um, of his 9,380 pass attempts, only 84 were on fourth down. And he managed to throw 15 touchdowns of those 84 fourth down passes, which is pretty impressive. High percentage, pretty high percentage. Um, 56 game winning drives. That's eight more than Tom Brady. Wow! I just wow. I just picked two random people to compare. <laughs> um, it's true. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. So everyone loves Peyton Manning. It's a, we're sad to see him go. Um, on the real, though, I think he is an unbelievable quarterback. He's going to be a coach within two years. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to coach. To be honest, I, I kind of he's have going a feeling to be in a football. He'll be in football. He'll, He'll be, in be football. like president of football operations, whatever that job means. I think he might follow John Elway's path a little more. I think yeah. he might be in management. I can't see him coaching. I think I've always thought that Peyton was too had too much of a dependence on being in control. Yeah, I think I, I honestly believe that was his biggest downfall in his career was that he depended too much on having total control and. and it's in the playoffs that he ended up struggling the most in his career when he's in the most adverse situations. I always felt like he was kind of a robot. He's a brilliant, genius football mind, but that ended up being his downfall. Um, 56 game-winning drives, it's a lot. Two, That's a lot. Two okay, of, two so are we them, done? Two We're done. Two of the game-winning drives in the playoffs. In 18 seasons, two playoff game-winning drives. That ties him with Joe Flacco, Colin Kaepernick, Jeff Garcia, Mark Sanchez, and 15 other quarterbacks, which is impressive. Uh, seven fewer playoff game-winning drives than Tom Brady. So there you have it. Uh, nine first-round playoff losses. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Two Super Bowl, 13, two Super Bowl 13 out of 15 playoff appearances. 13 is, years out of 15 years. That is and impressive. the two years because he had a broken neck. That is impressive. It's, it's impressive. Peyton Manning, uh, definitely one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I will say, and I won't elaborate on it, I promise, I will say I think it is uh, unfair that America disregards his controversies. I do. I, th- I think it's. I think it's ridiculous, to be honest. Um, you I show don't know me, what you're you, talking. You show about. me three cases of uh, an HGH user with heavy evidence against him, a uh, sexual harassment case with a lot of evidence against him, and then a ball deflation case with no evidence against him. And one of them was talked about for an entire year. The other two have not been talked about for two minutes on ESPN. Just that that one is tough for me to get by. The Manning name has been glorified, over glorified to the point that uh, everyone will just believe that he's the golden boy. So we'll miss you, Peyton. Not, nothing to change. <laughs> we'll miss you, cowboy. So Peyton Sheriff. Manning, uh, done in the NFL and certainly will be back in football before long. So Bye, Peyton. Uh, moving to our next topic, Boston College. We just talked to KPL about this. Uh, didn't want to go into predictions on the future of BC sports with KPL. Actually, he actually asked us to avoid that question. Because <laughs> that is not something we want to talk about, but we will talk about it. BC finally finalizes the historically bad stretch, the first team. We talked about this last last time. I won't go over all the details, but the first major college sports team to lose out in their conference in football and basketball in the same year. 0-28, was 0-26. it? 0-26. I, I misquoted the number last week. It was 0-26. Uh, the last time was 0-5, which was Georgia. Their season was shortened by World War II. We talked about that. I know. BC had a one-point loss in their second-to-last game of the year against NC State. That was oh, over the weekend. Brutal. Brutal. I think it was a buzzer beater. Or yes, it, it was, was a buzzer, buzzer beater. beater. It was a, and it was such bad defense. Yeah. We deserved to lose that game, which is even worse. <laughs> it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we can't catch a break. It's it like, was, wow, that's classic. That's, that's it. That that summarizes it. So, uh, and, and to top it all off, I think this is kind of funny in that 
it looks like BC hockey has a good chance to win the national title this year. And that would just totally summarize BC sports in yep. a nutshell for BC hockey to win the national championship. BC men's and women's hockey. And, yeah, both. For them to win national championships juxtaposed with this horrific failure of football and basketball, it just goes to show you. Um, it's a, It summarizes everything we've seen with BC sports in the last decade, I guess. I'm glad it happened. I'll come out and say <laughs> it. Once you're at 0-24. Like, Make it 0-26. Yeah. Yeah. Be be the worst. At that point, I was glad it happened. At that yeah. point, because then it's a talking point, and it's something that hopefully. I mean, they were on it, PTI. Yeah, P- PTI was asking if you feel bad for the Eagles. Yeah, that's a low. That, that's I, an extremely I want, new low. If you're going to be bad, be so bad that they have to make, yeah, drastic changes because the nation is yeah. looking at us. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So that's it. That's BC Sports. Uh, Goodbye, BC Sports. New Goodbye. low times. Hopefully, see you soon. But we'll not see you right now, anyway. So. Uh, moving forward, uh, Saturday, big Saturday for UFC. This is relevant because we interviewed Joey a few weeks ago, uh, and he had a lot of insight for us on UFC. Uh, I'm not sure if you watched the fights. Not many people watched them the whole card, but there was two big fights at the end of the night, uh, which was Holly Holm versus Misha Tate uh, and Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Two huge stars in the men's and women's UFC circles. Conor McGregor, you've m- many of you have probably heard, he's a big star, big talkative personality i'm glad he got beat up he got beat up he got and, uh, actually beat up he, he he did a lot of beating up in the first round he absolutely dominated nate diaz in the first round and spent all of his energy and nate diaz it's kind of iconic uh photos you see of nate diaz winning because he's absolutely gushing blood from all over his face and from the beating he took in the first round if but, you can look up the photos they are clear they're like right after a haymaker on yeah. on mcgregor or like right after he's choking they are some Pretty yeah. telling photos. There was a lot of blood in that fight. I yeah. mean, because Diaz was gushing, and then in the second round, he was he, he submitted McGregor. Uh, he choked him out. And so just when they were grappling on the ground, it's just, you know, lots of blood in that fight. Uh, so that was a very entertaining one to watch. And then uh, Misha Tate beats uh, Holly Holm in what was also a very, very good fight. In my opinion, actually a better fight than the McGregor fight because it was a five-round fight. And uh, Holly Holm had won the fight, basically, if she was able to make it to the bell in the fifth round because she had won enough rounds prior to that. And it's what we actually, we watch boxing sometimes, and we watch UFC sometimes, and you always are saying to yourself, this fighter has to end the fight. They have no chance to win by decision because they were getting beat. And you never see them go for it. You never see them disregard their everything else and just try to win the fight. It yeah. seems like they're always still holding she back had one, a little. She had one shot. She had one shot, and she just relentlessly she tried to choke her, her out. She did not miss her chance and to blow. She, <laughs> she did not. That's a good Oppert- reference. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime, Derek. <laughs> I agree completely. All right, get past it. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, big day for UFC. Big um, day. Gl- are you glad that Conor McGregor lost and Holly Holm? Uh, I am... I'm glad, yeah, I, I didn't have too big of a preference going in, so I'm happy. I, I'm happy that we saw some good fights, and I think that unlike the Ronda Rousey loss, I don't think either of the people that lost in this are just now going to be completely crushed. And, and I think McGregor McGregor's stock goes way down. It does It does go down, but he was fighting up two weight classes, which That's, I, but, I don't like it as an excuse, no, but, it, but, but it won't. I don't think it'll hurt him when he returns to his weight class. He's still holding the championship belt in his weight class. So I don't. It, it hurts his stock, but I think that he's. It hurts his out of the ring stock. Yes, it definitely. hurts his like press conferences where he talks a bunch definitely, of crap definitely. and throws things into the crowd and, and just yeah. he kind of is he, a wild person. He was a gracious loser um, in his post fight. He's a gracious loser because so. he said, "I'm I am a gracious loser <laughs> and a gracious winner," which he's not. <laughs> right. He's not a gracious winner. That's for sure. That's true. He's not a gracious winner. Um, but I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think both of those fighters will be fine. Um, but for Dana White, it's a little bit of a bummer because he was probably hoping that Conor McGregor and Holly Holm would rise to the top of their... And fight uh, each other. And, and probably <laughs> not fight each other. I think Dana White might face a little controversy with that, although so many people were calling for Ronda Rousey to fight a guy uh, when she was dominating so Floyd heavily. Mayweather. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Big night for UFC. Um, figured we'd give that a little bit of time there after we interview Joey, and hopefully we get to see Joey fight. I want to see him fight yeah, later. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to see him year. fight. So... Um, so you have it now. Uh, one more topic that just broke today, actually, which is you heard uh, it here quickly. first. You heard it here first. Probably not. You probably heard it by the time we come out tomorrow. Maybe but, uh, the jury has awarded Erin Andrews fifty-five million dollars in her lawsuit. Uh, we're still struggling to know all the details of this, but I believe the lawsuit is against the hotel in Nashville that she was staying at. My, my question is: obviously, this is a terrible, terrible thing, um, and she deserves all the money and to win the lawsuit. And it still does not make up for the right. the fact that that came out. Um, and it was a, it was a video, a, a naked video of right. her. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, but what about all like the um, celebrities that were exposed pretty recently in the past two or three years via like cell phone hacking or Snapchat right. hacking or whatever? 
um, the like it's the same exact it, thing. It is. I think it's the same thing, and the only difference I think is the ability to pinpoint it on someone. Yeah. Because uh, in this in this case in this particular case, from what I heard today, um, the the stalker who who made the video um, asked the hotel to be placed in the room next to Aaron Andrews. And they and they placed him in the room next to Aaron Andrews. Eey. And and from what they were saying on the radio, according to the in the uh, in the case in the courtroom, they had brought up some evidence that the hotel management and people were watching the video after the fact and like showing yeah. it to, to each other. And so there's a lot of bad, you know. It, it seems clear yeah. why the jury ruled against them and and with such a so close. I, I believe the lawsuit. Uh, I believe they were suing for seventy five million and they got fifty five, which is pretty strongly in favor of of Aaron Andrews' yeah. his camp there. So uh, that's the difference, I think. With these other celebrities that have been exposed with the hacking and all of that, uh, this is just a guess. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. But I assume it's much tougher to pin it the way they were able to pin it in this mm-hmm. case. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's definitely very similar to, to some of the exposure that these other celebrities have had. So, um, And the last topic in sports, the Eagles fire sale. Yes. Uh, DeMarco Murray to the Titans, Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to Miami. It seems like they are taking the last remnants of the Chip Kelly era. They're pressing undo repeatedly and on to- the keyboard. Unsubscribe, unsubscribe, and they are tossing them in the trash. Yes. Um, do you have thoughts on the Eagles and, and this failed experiment that is Chip Kelly? I, I don't have many thoughts. I mean, I, I support what they're doing now. I said this last year when we were talking about Chip Kelly. I don't. I never thought DeMarco Murray was a fit in the Eagles offense unless they were going to change the way they ran it. DeMarco Murray is a downhill runner. He should be he, he should be in the backfield when the quarterback's under center and get ahead of steam getting you, the ball. Do you think he's going to do well? I think he will in, in Tennessee. In Tennessee, because they, no. they're going to run a similar offense. They, 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 have they are, but they, uh, they are going to run a similar offense, but I think that they – I'm expecting them to, to handle him better than, than Philadelphia did. After he, seeing he, he how can, he, he can still be a good receiving back, but he needs to be getting downhill carries. They need to have some power formations. Um, also, I think that Tennessee is a good place for fantasy football running backs. <laughs> I mean, Chris Johnson lit it up there, and I think that they're they're the type of team that I can see him being a huge fantasy guy. I don't. We've said before, I don't think the fantasy running back superstar is what you need to win in the NFL. So I don't think this helps Tennessee. I, I honestly don't really like the move for Tennessee, yeah. but for Demarco Murray, as far as his fan value and his stats and everything i think that it's going to be a good move for him moving from philadelphia to tennessee yeah i mean it can't be any worse he was yeah, really sure. really bad yeah um yeah no I'm, I'm on board i was never i was never a big fan of the chip kelly experiment i don't like the the idea that you can uh su- supplement or supplant supplant, supplant wa- the college system into the nfl yeah. and then like look how good he was in college he's got to be the best in the nfl like right. no that's why college plays like They're college and nfl plays like nfl yeah. Um, so I'm kind of glad that it was re- it was reassuring to see that um, affirmed yeah. that that the NFL is just a different game. Yeah, and now we'll see if he learns from it in San Francisco. We'll we'll find out if Chip Kelly tries to continue to run the same offense with Colin Kaepernick. Or... I think he will. I yeah. think he's hard headed. Yeah, and apparently racist. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. We'll allegedly racist. Who knows? Um, one thing I do th- I, I do believe that uh, the Eagles with these moves now seem to be keeping the guys that they think fit the best. I think Ryan Matthews is actually a good running back for them in their system. I he's think a great he's, running back. He's a good receiving back. He's a good back out of the shotgun the way that they were trying to use DeMarco Murray. So uh, the Eagles got to start somewhere if they're going to tear down the Chip Kelly experiment. So uh, I don't have much of a problem. Also, uh, not something we were going to really talk about, but RG3 got cut today. So we'll have to see good uh, So we'll have to see if anybody takes a chance on him because I do think a team will take a flyer. I just don't know who yet. I think they'll pick him up. A lot for of people sure. think Houston might. Houston might be in the running. I, I think. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He just has injury yeah. issues. Yeah. I mean, if if any team could land the guy that we saw RG 3s rookie year, I mean, that's a goldmine in free agency in the NFL. Yeah. When when you have the situation with Brock Osweiler right now, where he's looking at potentially the Broncos might not be able to keep him because of how high his value has skyrocketed since Peyton's retirement. Say it again, Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler is looking at three years, fifteen million per year. And he might turn it down because he can get more on the open market. This is Brock Osweiler we're, we're talking about. Brock Osweiler. Th- that's the state of the NFL today. Can, I'll, and that's I'll make difficult. a bold prediction. Brock Osweiler will not be a good quarterback in the NFL. That's it's, my prediction. Yeah. No matter where he goes. It's we'll see. I, I mean, the, I don't think that's an unfair prediction. And I think that the that's that's the way the NFL is today, is that the Broncos might actually give him something like four years, sixty million dollars. Um, a lot of it guaranteed because they don't have an alternative yeah. and you need a quarterback that as crazy as it is with Denver's defense, Brock Osweiler might be good enough to get them 
to be a contender. I, and that's how bad the state of the league is and that you need a quarterback and you and there's no options to get one that's decent. Speaking of Peyton Manning, um, Rob, a shout-out to my roommate Rob Raimundo, um, sent an article over reaffirming what I've been saying this whole season and, and multiple seasons for this. The Colts would have been better off keeping Peyton I, Manning because Andrew Luck is a garbage quarterback. He's a dumpster fire. I, I, um, and I hate him. I'm and not I hate as, his beard. I, I'm not as strongly. I'm not as strongly on the side of Andrew Luck is trash. I don't. I think Andrew Luck's overrated. I don't. I don't despise Andrew Luck. I don't think he's awful. I think he's terrible. Um, and I, I sent probably you. Stinky. I sent you an article before, a while ago, actually. That something uh, I used to write articles for Bleacher Report for fun. Yeah. And I wrote before that draft. I said that the Indianapolis Colts should not. Tra- uh, trade Peyton or get rid of Peyton Manning and get Andrew Luck, and and I and you know you know that I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. I know I, that I, I know and, that about and, you, and I believe strongly. And I heard on the radio today they were talking about actually this topic. Somehow this topic came up, and the a ra- one of the radio hosts around here made a comment that nobody in their right mind actually thinks that the Colts should have kept Peyton Manning, and. You know, I think that people oversimplify that so much because if you look at Andrew Luck, what he's doing now, first of all, they, they've gotten nowhere really. I mean, they haven't no. contended for a Super Bowl, and they make the excuse remotely. that oh, he has no one around him, but he's had three years. Yeah, like, and no one around him. At at some point, the yeah, quarterback runs the team. Like you got to. I mean, he's gotten to the the yeah. first round of the playoffs a few yeah, times, but for sure. And, and if you look at what Peyton Manning did since leaving Indianapolis. His first year in Denver, he had the best statistical season of any quarterback ever. He, he put up 55 yeah. touchdowns. Um, then the next two seasons, he had pretty good campaigns as well, and, and he obviously won the Super Bowl this year. Now, we're not going to get into how well Peyton played in that. Obviously, he declined as he went you know, towards retirement. But if you look at the Colts, they could have had three or four seasons of Peyton playing at a high level, and the return they would have gotten for the Andrew Luck draft pick. Yeah. You look at what the very next pick, RG3's return was. Was it three the St. Louis Rams? The St. Louis Rams have entirely built their team on that trade. And, and, they, and, and now, ironically, they might go sign RG3 and just make it all <laughs> a, a, a complete coup d'etat and just take everything that the Redskins had. That was the that was the return for number two, which was significantly worse than number one at the time. Yeah. Everybody knew that RG3 was well below Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck in that draft. The Colts would have had a massive return and put those pieces around Peyton Manning for three or four more years. I agree with you. I think that the I think I don't think it was the right choice. There's quarterbacks always coming out of college. They yep. can find another one. I'm with you. I'll play quarterback if you uh, want. I'm better, than, better than Andrew, Andrew Luck. <laughs> so that wraps up sports. Uh, second quarter done. Done with the second quarter. We did it. Now we'll go to the third quarter, where we have another round of trivia for you guys. Yes, we do. Um, this one's going to be quick because you should all get this person pretty fast. I got this person fast, and I usually don't get them very fast. If Derek gets it, you guys need to you, get it. You have to. Because he's dumb. <laughs> Just kidding. You're, you're pretty smart. <laughs> um, okay, so first clue. Um, this person was born on September 16th, 1971. The age is 44 years old uh, in Newton, Massachusetts. Newton. Newton, Mass. Newton, Mass, Derek. Right, right up the street from B.C. So, second clue, this person was one of the founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in 1999. So, Newton Mass, 44 years old, a founding member of Upright Citizens Brigade. This person is married to Will Arnett, um, also famous for the Arrested Development series. Yes, yes. You want me and, to go again? And I'll, I'll do, we'll do one more clue, the last clue if you haven't gotten it yet. Um she is well-known for her TV show, Parks and Recreation. She's a Boston College alum, and she has a great nickname that we just learned. Amy Polar Coaster. Polar Coaster. How's Polar that? Coaster. That's, good. That's funny. Um, yeah, so the answer is Amy Polar, um, one of the funniest people in show business right now. Her and Tina Fey are basically rocking the women in comedy um, business, except for, um, what's her face? Um, the blonde, rude girl, Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer. Very good, Derek. Yes. Good job. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's third quarter. If you didn't get it after the first or second clue. Then you got to study. That's you gotta tough. Study more. That's a rough one. So um, so that's it. That wraps it up, and we go to the fourth, which is just The Bachelor. Just The Bachelor. Just it's going to be quick, too. Qu- all, another quick one, because this was this I was misled on. I was. T- we were deceived. By all of you out there, too. I, Bamboozled. I feel like people, people also told us that the women's hell all was great. Yes, this was probably 
the worst two hours of television I've seen. Oh, I just cringed a little. In two a hours. long time. Two hours we watched that. Yeah. And Ben was not even there for the first hour. So the first hour was just a rewind of what happened. It, it was, was basically just... two hour. It was an hour and 30 minute recap. And then 30 minutes of Ben and the girls telling them each other, each they other were... that they loved them and how great they were. Yeah. No criticisms, really. No hard questions. The, I, I was. They, they, they went hard at Olivia for a little while. That that they that was the only hostility. And that Olivia was really... cried and said, "I'm sorry." And then they they all forgave each other. Yeah. And um, uh, except except uh, Emily and Haley, they never forgive anyone. They no. you could tell they were still pissed at Olivia. I love they don't forgive anyone. But everyone else forgave each other, they and don't forget. everything was all happy and good. Um, we were really hoping to see Ben struggle to get asked one question, and at one point, and you were totally on it. Things were kind of boiling. You could feel when Ben first showed up, and they started asking him questions, and you said. One of his cookie cutter answers is going to get rejected. Yeah. By the girls, they're going to say, "No, that's not. Nope. That's not the answer. Your script is is wrong this time, Ben." And he's going to go, "Oh, well, I." And he's just going to repeat himself word for word because he has no other lines right. besides what he's been told to say. Right. He's a broken record. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Nope. Stupid, big, stupid, dumb they Ben. It, they made it look like it was going to happen. Big, dumb, stupid Ben Higgins had nothing to say yeah. but what he read from his children's book. Yes. He read it from his children's book, and he, he he read it from a book of what to say to people to make them like you, probably. <laughs> yes. And it worked. It worked phenomenally well because everyone liked him, and uh, you know they're calling him the they, they put him on the route the Mount Rushmore of bachelors. Yeah. What? Which? Come on, um, Chris. Chris making that comparison already. I mean, I guess he does kind of just sit there and and hold the same face all the time, so that puts him on on a Rushmore type of statue. I yeah. suppose makes him like that. The bloopers were not that great. Bloopers were there's a couple a couple I laughed at, but overall they were not that good. Um, JoJo was funny in the bloopers. JoJo was uh, great. We, we noticed that. Um, but yeah, overall, I was not that happy with the women tell. It the women didn't even tell all. They, they just told yeah, some. They, they told we call, what we already saw. Yeah. Really. The women tell what the you've seen. Women retell. Women retell. That's what, what it should called. be. Yeah. yeah. Um, the woman hash, hashtag women retell. And I then like and then the trailer for. The finale, they showed it, which they've showed every week for the last five weeks. Was all the girls going? Everyone's <gasps> jaw dropped and they all <gasps> gasped, like as if they hadn't seen that coming. And also, the really tough, hard hitting question that they gave Ben was, "What if I hold you to the fact that you're going to marry the girl that won?" Which is like not a hard question at all because no. he picked the girl to marry her. So when he says that he wants to marry her, it's not really that everyone's jaw drop type of thing it shouldn't be what's your final before the finale we're we're one we're going to do the the bachelor roundtable with our uh special guests yes next week but your last opinion and last you get you get to say who you think's going to win why and then your last opinion of ben i think lauren b is going to win um i think that he when he's so torn in a situation like this, he's going to go to the girl that he identified first. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, Lauren B was the first girl that you could tell he kind of that the the first girl that everybody thought could definitely win it. Like it was like he seems in love with her, and I think she can win. Plus, he told her when, when he told both of them he loved them. When he told Lauren B, he said, "We." And by the way, we're still calling her Lauren B, which I, I realized. I um, love that we call it Lauren Always B. will be Lauren B. Yeah. Um, when he told her that he loved her, he said that he loved her for a long time, and he knew he loved her for a long time. And so with how completely torn he is in this situation, I think that's what he defaults to. My final thoughts on Ben. Ben's kind of a loser. Um, he's really boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's super nice. I, I can't insult him really in he's any way. He's hard to insult. He's, and he's I, just like a bowl of pudding. He's just mushy. Yeah, he's There's nothing or like, Yeah. Up. Like a, oh, actually, uh, he was described to me. Um, so I said, "Like, how would you describe Ben Higgins?" And he goes, "She goes, Ben Higgins is a pancake, <laughs> <laughs> without anything on it. Without just, he's just a no syrup, just a he's... pancake with no syrup." <laughs> yeah, which is a good description. Yeah, very me good and you, waffle guys, waffles for sure. Definitely with, just like, two waffles with lots of stuff on with it too, butter and yeah. strawberries. Yeah, and yeah, whatever else you want. Ben's a flat pancake. Ben is a pancake. He's a one, pancake. He's one flapjack. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not, he doesn't even deserve the name Flapjack. No, he's just a pancake. Yeah. yeah. He's not a brand. He's not nothing. No, he's a pancake. Um, Isn't that a good descriptor? It's a great descriptor, I yeah. think. And so that's my final thoughts on Ben. I think Lauren B. wins. I think that they I think they will succeed in real life. I think I, so, too. I, I think Ben's, they. It's, it's weirdly obvious that, I mean, if he picks JoJo, everyone's going to freak out. Yeah. Because it's 
to us and to other viewers, it's weirdly obvious how much he loves Lauren B. Yeah, and they they seem so like they're just happy with everything, and they it's the paradise couple. It's like they yeah, they can go both super nice, they can and they go be like soft, boring people. Yeah, somewhere where I don't have to watch them on television. Right, right. So. There you have it. What's your final prediction? There you have the it. Same thing as mine. Final prediction, yeah. yeah. My final prediction is Lauren B. wins. Um, they ride off into the sunset, and I don't have to watch them do anything together ever again. Perfect. That, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Um, and quickly before we move on, Ooh. there are rumors flying around the internet. Hot rumors. We'll get that, some hot, hot takes on this at the yeah. roundtable, because I know people have strong opinions about this. That's the, the, Putting the putting the roundtable at the end of the season is maybe just as much about this topic as it yes. is about the final, because the final, we just talked about everything there is to talk about in the final in like 30 seconds. Yeah. So this topic, which is the next Bachelorette, we have reason to believe, and the internet does as well, that Kayla is the next Bachelorette. So what are your thoughts on that? I think Kayla is a good pick. Everyone else I've talked to, mostly girls, thinks it's a bad pick. Yes. Um, they can't stand her. They said, oh, I'm going to boycott. I'm not going to watch it if I she's bad. I'm like, stop the, it. Some girl, some random girl, it was in an article, some girl tweeted that she'll vote for Trump before she watches another episode of The Bachelor, which with, is so, or Bachelorette with Kayla as which The Which is crazy. She's it's just, ridiculous. She's it's just absurd. another girl. Like, it's absurd. Welcome to America. That's what the voting is being decided by. Yeah, so I think Kayla's great. I mean, she definitely, towards the end of the, the season, got a little yeah. wishy-washy yep. and didn't really say exactly what she meant and then whatever, but there's no reason for me to make a scene because she was <laughs> Bachelorette. Like, obviously, she's a BC grad, which we, which we like about yeah. her, but that's not the reason why I, I'm i not freaking out that she's yeah. the Bachelorette. <laughs> um, so I, I'm a big fan. I think she needs to find love. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think you should sure. apply for The Bachelor. Yeah, Bachelor apply now. Go to apply it. now. So I'll apply you tomorrow. You could be her dream. Um, what I didn't know, uh, when I read the article about the fact that she was potentially going to be the next Bachelorette, I didn't know that in the application process to be on these shows, you get nominated by other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't realize that. I One of my coworkers all... made it to like the third or fourth round because her fr- their their her friends, friends nominate them. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Which so. I may have nominated you. Oh wow! So there you go. Maybe maybe I'll be on the Bachelorette. Maybe definitely. Um, but so that is not confirmed. Uh, some counter articles came out saying that they think that Kayla's not the next Bachelorette. Uh, basically, the source of it is that they saw her filming something that looked like a Bachelorette intro, uh, and people walking by had to sign the you know disclosure agreements that they can be on TV, but supposedly it wasn't specified what show they would be on. So people are speculating that ABC could have been filming that for a different segment or something else. So yeah. no one knows, but there's at least people out there saying that she's the next Bachelorette, and there's nobody else saying that anyone else is the next Bachelorette yet. So uh, we will find out. They didn't announce it today. They'll probably wait till after the season. So we'll see. But I think Kayla could be a good pick for the Bachelorette. I think, I think Kayla would be a fine I pick. I think at first we thought maybe... I'm not going to burn. I'm not going to burn down. I'm definitely the office where I work, because she's the bachelorette, which a lot of the girls in my work seem to want to do. Yes, and I will not take any crazy actions against any people or or change my life in any way. I will not vote for Trump because nope. Kayla is the bachelorette. As compelling an argument as that is, I will not do that either. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so there you have it. The fourth quarter is over. There bachelor, you have it. And we only have one more episode that we're going to talk about Thank the Bachelor. So. Goodness! Wow, <laughs> it was a long Bachelor. That was season. a long Bachelor season. I went through all of our Bachelor clips today to compile our little, uh, our little segment of everything we have to say about Ben. So that'll be uh, in next week's episode for you guys before the roundtable. Can't wait. So, final drive. You now have the right to pick every week because you uh, wanted that. I'll so. pick. Um, I'm going to go first. Steve first. I'm going first. So. Big news. I read on Business Insider. Huge news, actually. Um, it's going to shatter your, your childhood, I think. Wow. A lot of people. Maybe not shatter your childhood, but it's it's going to surprise you. The Mythbusters guys hated each other. What? Yes. Adam Savage, Jamie Heineman never once had dinner together over the 14 seasons of the show because they couldn't stand each other. Wow. They just loved science so much that they put up with each other and, and made wow. it work. Um, so I know a lot of you love that show. Everyone did. Um, Myths Busted or Proven Right, whatever it's called. Um, approved or whatever. But <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They seemed they had such wow. good chemistry. So it made me think, what were my three best myths that they either busted or found plausible or whatever they do? Um, and one was the 
seven folds that you can't fold a piece of paper, any piece of paper, mm-hmm. more than seven times. Um, you can't physically, but they used forklifts and steamrollers <laughs> on a football field-sized piece of paper, which was there amazing, <laughs> um, and steamrolled it into, I think, 10 or 11 times. Um, the second one was the phone book. If you overlap each two phone books, if you overlap each page, so they're all intertwined, page, page one page, then a book from another page, and a page from another book, whatever, um, and you, you can't pull them apart. It's physically impossible. They did that. They overlapped each page. Two tanks attached to the ends <laughs> and with chains and pulled them apart would not pull apart. Wow. Approved. Wow. Whatever it's called. Approved. You can't pull a phone book apart. Um, and the last one was the, the one where the hammer, if you're falling from great height to hit water, you throw like a hammer or something in front of you and it, and it breaks the surface tension so you'll survive. Busted. Wow. You will die. Wow. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they were not friends, but a lot of good myths yeah. busted. It worked. It worked. They made it work. Yeah. So, that's my final drive. It wow. was pretty stupid, but no, that's, 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 that's cool. what that's what affected my that's life cool. today. And, and it reminds me of, uh, of of two other people I know that love podcasting so much they get over their hatred for each other and they make it work. It's it's a great it's a great thing to have happen. So, Shut uh, up. my final drive is a first hand review of today's of today's episode's sponsor, which is Tom's Faded Cuts. Uh, I have been a happy customer of Tom's Faded Cuts for over six months now, at least probably a year, probably a year. I think I've been a happy customer. Uh, it's so easy to get your your beautifully fresh cut from tom uh he accepts venmo it's like the easiest thing in the world that you can give him cash to if you want uh and it's a and the best part about his pricing model is that it is based on the compliments you receive on your haircut so if i get a haircut from tom and i and no one likes it and everyone thinks it's stupid and it looks terrible then tom doesn't get his money from it so that's a brilliant brilliant pricing what's the rate the rate that i've been paying because i'm a privileged customer is one dollar per compliment which is kind of kind of a good price for for Tom. He's able to make some money, and if he's if he's maybe make some under the table deals, he can get people complimenting me. Your hair does and look good. Thank you. One dollar, Tom. Although your hair I, does look good. Although it's one one per compliment. Your one, hair does look one good. One compliment per person limit. So, um, so there you go. I'm gonna Venmo Tom a dollar for that one probably, and that's the way it works. So, reach out to Tom. Uh, we have no way for you to contact him, but you should just uh, ask us, and we can direct you to him. And Tom's Faded Cuts can be your next haircut. TFC, baby. TFC. Why go, to, why go to mom when you can go to Tom? So that's it. Final drive. So that's it. Um, so there you have it. There you have it. Uh, thanks again to uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis for joining us earlier in the first quarter. Thanks to Rich Homie Frog for sponsoring that episode. And Tom's Faded Cuts for sponsoring the uh, episode as a whole. So that's all we have for episode 13. And next week... Before we go, the announcement, next week's episode yes. will come out on Monday. It will come out on Monday, and it will be the Bachelor. It will be the Women Tell All, not the Women Retell, like like the um, like the Stupid Bachelor, stupid did, bachelor tonight. did tonight. It will be the Women Tell All, which would be our special guest. We'll get down and dirty um, and reveal all the secrets and their secret loves and hates of yes, the Bachelor season. About the Bachelor. So that's going to be recorded on Sunday night and will air on Monday for you instead of Tuesday. So uh, thanks again. That will be episode 14, and we'll see you guys then. Later days.